0: This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff. Moen.
1: Welcome to part two of BBC Countryfile Magazine's podcast with foraging hero and author Adele Nazida. Her books include The Hedgerow Handbook, The Garden Forager, and her most recent Foraging with Kids. She also runs a foraging school in Klanfrenak, in the heart of the Brecon and Beacons in Wales, where she offers a range of courses on identifying edible wild plants and fungi and how to use them in delicious food and drink. My seven-year-old son, Otto, my partner, Juliet, and I started our walk with Adele at popular foodie destination, the Angel Hotel in Nambagaveney. Catch up with us as we learn more about the amazing variety of edible plants in our countryside. So, what do you think is the best time of year to be? I mean, it's there I mean, things that you can get all year round? Probably or, my favourite time
0: of year is autumn because you've got berries yeah. and you've got fungi right and those for me are kind of are nuts <laughs> so all those three things together you know um all all pretty much within the same season so I would say autumn is it yeah, yeah. having said that when plants start coming through in the spring you've kind of forgotten about some of them and it's like seeing old friends coming back yes so I like that as well yeah um I like all times of year but my immediate reaction is you've got You've got berries, you've got fungi and you've got nuts in the autumn. So I would yeah. say that's probably rich pickings. Yes, yeah. You know? And here, you see the tree here which has no leaves on, mm-hmm. but lots of white flowers. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's mm-hmm. blackthorn, mm-hmm. blackthorn. <laughs> Easy way to identify it even from a distance because blackthorn blossoms mm. come on the plant before the leaves are there. Mm-hmm. So right. it'll be the first thing you see with all that lovely fluffy white blossom. Yeah. Um, do you want to come and have a look at it? This is the bush that slows grow on. Slows are generally used for making slow gin. Mm. However, if you don't want slow gin, if you're too young to the slow gin, <laughs> um, you can make a lovely juice just of the, of the berries themselves. Okay. So cover them with water, yeah. um, bring them to simmering point, let them go cold, and then press them through a sieve, which oh. takes a while, but the stones are quite big. True. Then just use that juice. Um, It's absolutely lovely. So it's really lovely if if you want to make it into a slow gin Mm. just by using the juice or use it where you'd use cranberry juice. So it's great in smoothies, for example, things like that. We tend not to use the slows for. It's not. Do you know what? The first time I experimented with it and made it, I put sugar in thinking it was going to be really Mm. sour and it was too sweet. So I made (laughs) another batch with none in whatsoever and it was naturally. Sweet. Admittedly, I do have quite a sweet tooth. I do mm. like sweet Me stuff. Me too. Mm. Really. Mm-hmm. And I found it as perfectly lovely as a juice without any extra sugar in. Um, sure. mm. So that was something of a revelation because yes. I thought it was going to be toe-curlingly... Yes, sort of, which you is, know, yeah. I, I thought I all my cheeks, cheeks were going to get sucked in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the only thing about picking blackthorn uh, berries, I slows, hmm. is the long spikes. There are very yeah. likes on these. Oh, gosh, yes, the really, presumably. honestly, Otto, you need to be so careful, even though I would suggest wearing oh, right. gloves yeah, before look, these picking them these in
1: fact. Oh, wow.
0: um, a friend of mine who's a really gosh. excellent forager, got one of these stuck oh. in her finger and ended up. In A and E, because yeah. there's something in them that is um Is can make it's your it fingers septic. go a bit septic, which mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the only thing to be careful. of. I'm not trying to make this a horror story, but you know you have to go cautiously. So yeah, the other rule about foraging is never put anything in your mouth unless you know exactly what it is. Yeah. And also, you know, don't go foraging on people's on other people's land. There is an interface between foraging and theft which is called mm. scrumping. Yeah, so mm. scrumping is if, for example, there's an apple tree and the apples are growing over the side of the wall, then technically, technically speaking, you can you can have those because they're over the other side of the wall. Mm. The polite thing to do, though, really, is knock on the door and say, please, may I? Mm. And I would say, I've done that several times and no one has ever said no. Mm. So it's just a nice thing to do. And you can make friends that way, too. Mm,
1: mm. Although absolutely. if
0: you are a young person, it's best to go with a parent.
1: Yes, yes. Or yes. garden. Yeah.
0: Otto, have you ever eaten hawthorn leaves? This is hawthorn. Also known as May Maythorn. Are you brave enough to go Or white thorn?
1: Yeah. Big boots, you'll be absolutely you'll fine. Be right. you'll be be fine. Yep.
0: Now, difficult as it might um seem to imagine, there were days before we had cars and children would walk to school. Um, and frequently they would eat hawthorn leaves on the way to school. They were known as Bread and honey leaves, or bread and cheese—they have a content of calcium in them. Have, have a try. See what you think. Thank you. <laughs> I can't mm. taste that at all. Me neither. It's just got a green taste. I, for me, it's Quite nothing bitter, to write actually. home about. Mm. But. I've had people on walks that remember eating them as a kid, and they're like, oh, we remember doing this. So it was a common thing. Um, and I just wonder if it was one of those things that children would do because they could, which has kind of gone into the annals of like folklore, really. Um, but the other folkloric thing about this particular tree, and I am interested in the stories that human beings tell about these uh plants because it tells us about the relationship between human beings and the Mm. natural world Mm. is that this was the tree belonging to the fairies Mm. and if you've ever smelt one of these on a summer's day the scent is transportive and you can almost imagine that it's from a another part of the universe if you like (laughs) Um, and so with this particular tree you would give it all due respect and you would never cut this tree without asking permission okay. mm. how you got the permission i guess would be down to your own internal relationship with the plant <laughs> <laughs> Let's Let's it's been used for hedgerows because therefore it's a tree that does get cut it's prote- well, yeah it, yeah but it also gets planted uh we've got records um of this of blackthorn and uh, hawthorn being grown in up in Scotland for 6,000 years ago. Mm. So that would have been really early time as we were going from being hunters to gatherers. Yes. And yes. plants were preserved, like juniper was also mm. preserved, so if we saw juniper. And I think there's an awful lot of evidence we can get from um, hazelnut debris in the soil or, uh, as, as to um, how we were using plants and how we were clearing the land. So Ooh. all these plants, pretty much every single plant that I've pointed out has been here for thousands of years so we can't help Mm. but have a relationship with it and if you think human beings are foragers we are naturally foragers um, we've skipped a generation and a half that's not much to be going back to something that is part of our genetic makeup Mm. almost really Mm. and if we say we've never been foraging i always say to people how about blackberries and they think that blackberries don't count because they're too easy yes (laughs) and what i want to point out to people is that all the things that are really easy are the things that were are most important so if we go through this gate here then we can go down to the river um well yes just because they're
1: easy doesn't mean um they're not so um,
0: valuable. Valuable, exactly. And we want the uh, rare stuff. We always yeah. want the exotic, don't we? Yes. For yes. example, um, when we were talking about the elder tree, um, there's been clinical trials on elderberries, uh-huh. which have shown that they have an incredibly high content of something called anthocyanins. Okay. And in fact, I did a, a thing for file about you know, um, flu cures mm-hmm. and um, you know remedies for that. Mm. So you can now buy a proprietary elderberry um, tonic which yeah. costs about 13 pounds it's called sambu col or you can trip into the meadows yeah. <laughs> and hedgerows and make your own yeah. using the berries yeah. Um, yeah. and we've used elderberry as a remedy for a long 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 mm. time mm. and we've used it for a long time because it works so it's as simple as that Yeah. Um, yeah. so knowing about something as humble if you like but also as powerful mm as Elder, which has goddess-like status and shouldn't be ignored, is actually a way of beating the big pharmaceutical companies. Let's make yeah. no bones about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we can take control mm. of our own health, then, you know, that, that's got to be a good thing. Mm. Right mm. here, underneath okay. her feet, we oh. have Hairy Bittercress. Oh, hairy that butter- is beautiful. Oh, that's a king cup, isn't it? Yeah. That is rather beautiful. It's a kind of um, buttercup. Ah. That is absolutely gorgeous. I will take mm. that home and pop that in a vase. What we're looking at here is something called hairy bittercress, which you probably have in your garden. Mm. So anywhere where you're going to turn soil over, look yep. you can see that the soil's been turned over here, can't you? Mm. This will congregate. Um, it's a kind of cabbage. Is it?
1: Ooh, cabbage.
0: So it's got a not... kind... Are you happy to eat this here? Yeah. To yeah. eat a little bit of it? Yeah. There you go. It has quite a strong mustardy taste. Ah, mustard. Yeah. yes. Do you like I love mustard? Spice. Ah, <laughs> good man. There we are. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. Thank you. Nice. It's good, isn't it? Mm. It's it's got a really almost. It's like a bro- it's like purple sprouting broccoli. It is. Yeah. Mm. It's got an almost wasabi-like mm. kick. Mm. Sometimes this stuff. Mm. You'll notice I'm eating the flowers as well. Oh, and I have have a, have a try yes, of the flowers. It's actually sort of radishes. isn't it? Is. Yeah. It's a good flavour. You will have this in your garden, um, for sure. Yeah, oh, I'm um, delighted to know about that. Oh, yes. You will have done it. It's the kind of thing you'd normally just kind of turn over and chuck in the compost. You mm. won't now, though, will you? No. And it's funny, when you learn about these plants, instead of seeing a weed or something that's a nuisance, you start to see something that is useful to you, that tastes mm. really good, and it's a bit of a friend. Horsetail, not really um, something that you'd necessarily forage for specifically. But um, this is one of the oldest plants we have on the planet. Oh, it's wow, silica-rich. That. It's beautiful. And well. if you want to make a really decent plant food, please don't plant this in your garden because it will go crazy and your whole oh. garden will be Lots overtaken. Oh, right. That's called horsetail. That's what we've so got here. Same. This makes a really good plant food. So if you boil oh, it up for oh. about 20 minutes, let it go cold mm-hmm. and then use it like you'd use a...
1: A liquid seaweed, like yeah, a seaweed, seaweed
0: fertiliser. Yeah. Or sushi rice. Or sushi rice. <laughs> I wouldn't put sushi rice on the garden personally, you but know. each to his own, I <laughs> <laughs> We'll just feed you with it. Can you guess how this earth has been indented like this down to this water? Sometimes Ooh. there's cows in this field. So what they've done is they've stamped their way down here, gone to have a drink, turned all the soil over. So we've got this lovely hairy bittercress, thanks to them. Oh, nice. <laughs>
1: Cows, have, or just from here, I goes? think right, this yeah. looks to me
0: like animals coming down to water, doesn't yeah. it? This is are really best for foraging as edge places. So mm-hmm. hedgerows or... Mm-hmm. Banks or walls or little settlements of trees like this are quite handy yes. because seeds can blow into places and oh, they can yeah, lodge there. Yeah. So river edges are, are good as well. You often stamp. see Himalayan balsam growing along rivers because um, it's been carried down by the water. Remember you going to stamp yeah. your shoes and you? see what comes off. Oh! Do you know what? I think I will do that. I think that would be quite useful. And it will give me a chance to actually wash my boots, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So would there be a kettle in, in this field normally or? I
0: have seen cows
1: yeah. here sometimes. So I can yeah. see look there's a pet. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah. That'll tell you. You <laughs> yeah. can use those to start fires, you know. No. dried isn't out there? cow pats. yeah, because no. the first um ingestion is usually full of straw and you know and the straw dries out. Yeah. And then it's fond of called I've seen growing here. Oh mug. Otto, you like the cabbagey stuff, don't you? Uh-huh. Get, get your laughing gear around some of this. We'll
1: <laughs> okay. try that one, darling. What a pretty leaf.
0: Now the folk. of <laughs> this is Jack by the Hedge. You see it's got a heart-shaped leaf. When it's a big boy, Jack by the Hedge will grow to about a height of three feet or so.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's a cabbage family and it will have lots little it's clusters brassica. of... Brassica. Yes. So it grows in a lovely, very elegant spire shape. It's
1: really tasty. Yeah, it's good, isn't Ooh, it? That's actually delicious and very different flavour. I mean you
0: can pick up <coughs> that cabbagey. You can. But it's taste, different but again. it's very different. Yeah. Um half But in a really nice mm. way. Mm. That would be lovely in a salad. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when this gets bigger, the leaves at the bottom are about the size of a sheet of A4, A5 paper. Oh, rather mm-hmm. tough and nice. No, not imagine. tough. Right. Not tough. Um, God, we use them to make dolmades. Great. Oh, okay. um, You know, the stuffed vine leaves, except use these instead. Mm. Um, they hold their flavour quite well during cooking, so it's a really lovely thing if you want to make a mash mm-hmm. with um, oh, spring onions and... and um, jack by the hedge leaves that's a really nice way oh, of using it yeah, yeah. yeah sort of plant coming up here mm. is Himalayan balsam ah so I can pull this straight out of the ground, I would imagine. Yeah, there it is. Oh gosh. So okay. there it is. Um, wow. Highly invasive species. Having said that, we're looking at edible plants and every single bit of it is edible. Mm. This one is only, I would say, what would you say, maybe eight centimetres long? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. This will grow to my height mm-hmm. and above. I'm a gosh. healthy five foot six and a half. Okay. <laughs> Um, yep. And it has pink flowers, a bit like snapdragons. So, this is the same family as the busy lizzie. Okay. And you can see from the stem, it's a bit like a busy lizzie. It's got that kind of transparent pinky thing going yeah. on. Yeah. This is just for uh, This is the plant busy. that, if you go close to it in the summer when it's just about to seed, um, the seed heads pop How did everywhere. You get that? I just pulled it up. It was really easy. There you are. Okay. You are not to plant this in your garden. Why? You know, because it will spread everywhere and take over. And oh. you don't want that. Oh, okay. It's very beautiful, and bees love it. Right. They go absolutely so crazy for it. Everything has, has yeah. its benefits. Mm. I'm just going to plant it right here. And on after head. all, you know, okay. we brought this mm. from the Himalayas to Britain, so human beings did that it probably would have got here somehow or other anyway um and you know it's the planet that we live on and things do move around and that's just the way it is Mm -hmm. and we can't blame the plant for being a healthy survivor really it's to be admired isn't it Yeah. Yeah. i sometimes think that if we if human beings tried to think more like an animal or more like a plant we might have a better understanding. The amount of people who say to me, well, a weed is a plant just in the wrong place. Who says it's the wrong place? <laughs> it <grown> there. That, <laughs> that plant doesn't the right say it's today. in the wrong place. <laughs> it's in the right place. And it's like, if you're a fish in the sea, you can't see the water. Yeah, uh-huh. So I, if we could, if we just train ourselves to have a different point of view about pretty much anything. Mm. I think that's it's really good fun for starters. Yes. And it might teach us something secondly. Mm. So when yeah. we say invasive species or dangerous or toxic or whatever, we have to bear in mind it's only human perspective that is telling us that. Yes.
1: Mm. Well, look, this I oh, see there's some more fungi over here. He gone? Bounce,
0: this is, is this is, is more turkey tail invasive. here.
1: What's he doing? More is more is he busy t- planting t- stuff? Yeah. More
0: it? of the Jack Nurtry, by the Hedge. Ah, yes. Uh, yes, yes. This is not Jack by the Hedge. I don't know what it is, but no, it's... No, no. it's a, Oh, yes. Also, I think this yes. is a big ant's nest. Oh, let me see. I'll tell you what we've got here. Oh look, it's fine. We've got a little okay. bit of um, oh, wild garlic growing. You know, I said it, it's oh, growing oh, in oh. a slightly unusual place. You've yes. picked this before, haven't you? Yes, we have. Okay, okay yeah, cool. Yeah. Are you aware that the buds are edible as well as oh, the no, stems? Know. Oh, okay, and leaves rather. Okay. Have a try. That.
1: Oh, those are delicious. Aren't they good? Let me taste. Try that. So that's so the strong. flower bud. So that's the best bit. Also, be bit. ready. It's quite. It's it's almost <laughs> hot, it's so oh, um, wow. so Ooh. strong.
0: It'll hit your taste buds in a minute.
1: Wow, that isn't. Has it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, this makes a really good kimchi.
1: That yeah,
0: really that easy. That
1: is strong. So, so yeah. leaves,
0: salt. Mm. Pack down mm. big jar leave it really good for gut bacteria oh,
1: damn.
0: Mm. um so very very nice easy today. to make and of course there's loads Sounds of garlic <laughs> <simple laughs> name for this is allium ursinum or it might be ursinum i never know how to pronounce these <laughs> things with the belief that bears after hibernating would roll out of their caves mm. grab a <laughs> pawful of this and and eat it to um to kick start the digestive system mm. i think it's really a, Wonderful that this time of year, when we do need to kickstart our digestive digestive systems, we've got all these leafy (laughs) things that are really strongly flavoured, like the jack by the hedge and wild garlic and the hairy bittercress, and all these things that are just what we need (laughs) Uh, at this time of year. So, this stuff you probably have in your garden, it's called ground elder. Oh, Oh, yeah, it's really, really, really common. Ground elder, you remember the elder tree? Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember specifically the leaves, but they look very like these ones. So what I want you to do is pick uh, a nice, fresh, kind of shiny, green-looking leaf. Okay. That one would be good, for example. Mm. Oh, they've totally opened. Yeah, they're good when they've opened as well, mm. but to eat more. There you go, try when nice they're spotting. fresh and young. Mm. So this is something else the Romans Ooh. brought with them and have left a legacy for thousands it's of almost, gardeners. It's carroty. I think it's more celery. Celery, yeah. So what thousands of thought, gardeners trying taste? to get rid of the stuff, celery, right. celery, <laughs> and never get rid of it. So you may as well call it a crop. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And what happened is, the Romans brought it here. So oh, what yeah. do we know? We know it must have been valuable for them to bring it with them. Yeah. So they used it as both a medicine and a, a you know, an edible herb. Mm-hmm. And then after the Romans had gone, the early Christian communities adopted this plant and would plant it and sometimes folk names just sound a bit bonkers and then sometimes they really tell you a story so this this plant has at least two names mm-hmm. tell me if these names correlate one is bishop's weed and the other one is Goutweed. So
1: well bishop's hell
0: i'm saying nothing <laughs> worship, like just food? except yes, exactly. except that every bit of this plant from the flower to the stem to the leaf to the root is anti-rheumatoidal Ah, okay. so it would have worked yes. we can test this now in a lab mm. um, people weren't able to do that until relatively recently um, so you, you then start thinking about the first people who started using plants how did they mm. know and I suspect that we, we have an instinct which is largely correct mm. I also suspect there would have been an awful lot of mistakes along the way yes. Yeah. Yes. and we've got a lot to be thankful for mm. I can yeah, see yes. why the things we're still using actually mm. work. Mm. Um, for example, rosehip does have a high content of vitamin C mm. in it. Elderberry is really good against colds and flu and infections of that kind. Yeah. Um, not all of the things are accurate, but the things that we've continued to use, yes. um, we're using because they work. Yeah. <laughs> <So it's laughs> the so thing about foraging, it isn't... It's not just about going to find plants to eat, it's about seeing the environment around you and appreciating it and noticing things. And then you get high points, like one day I found a 20-pound note fluttering in a hedgerow, which is definitely a bonus. Next.
1: Oh gosh. Is it foraging? I don't know. I think Keo yeah, is growing there for you, just, yeah. to, <laughs> just to
0: pick. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about a single-minded trudge through the countryside mm. looking for something to eat. There's so much more to it.
1: Yeah. How did you get into doing this?
0: this? I've always been interested in plants. Yeah. Uh, As a kid, like most kids, I like grubbing around for treasure. Yes. In the (laughs) garden. Occasionally you'd find a penny or something like that. Yeah. Um, Then I moved to Wales and we built a a recording studio and I realised that I was going to have to feed people because we were 15 miles away from the nearest anywhere. Uh, Yes. So I had to learn to cook double quick sharpish. Right. Love cooking, hate supermarkets, thought I'd Mm supplement with foraged ingredients because they basically had a captive audience Yes, because it was banned and they couldn't go anywhere
1: (laughs) you're going to eat your nipple soup
0: so I experimented and then I uh, accidentally sort of became a writer I got a book deal before I'd even finished the synopsis and I wasn't looking for that fantastic, I know it's uh, brilliant, it is brilliant I feel really lucky and then my agent, uh, when I eventually got an agent, said, Oh, you really Mommy, like all this planty pure. stuff? It's Why amazing. don't you do a planty book? You're right. <laughs> and I said, Well, there's a lot of them out there. Uh-huh. I said, Well, let's give it a go anyway. And so we yeah. did, and uh, the Hedro Handbook. Um, came out. Yeah. And I think the only thing it says in the hedgerow handbook is this is not a foraging book. Right. Because I was worried that foraging seems too complicated. Sure. And I want to keep things really simple mm. so then people do it. Yeah. And people okay. then started asking me to take them out for walks and I thought That's no right. one's gonna to want to do that. And we did yeah. Hay Festival and I think we had um sixty five people on the first free bit ticketed walk. Oh <laughs> which is a bit of a baptism of fire. Yes. So that's how that all happened, mm. and people just started asking me to do it, so I, I did. It so I feel really lucky that I've been able to take something that I really love and yeah. can kind of do it in my everyday life. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> wonderful, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I wanted to show you, Anato and, and Juliet. Oh, I, yeah. I can't work this out. Look at oh, this tree. This... Yeah. By the way, guys, yeah, what is cause... what is strange in this picture? Here's the tree. What's going on with it?
1: It's a bit wonky. It is a bit wonky. It is it's a huge wonky.
0: split. Not only that, up. but. Well, should we go a bit closer? Yeah, let's get a bit closer and
1: see. Oh, there are
0: some. a whole lot of shoes hanging from it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, there are, there's, there's, lots, there's lots, shoes. lots of shoes.
1: Yes. I thought they we'll were see.
0: pigeons when we saw them from afar. And They're I shoes.
1: That... Why are there shoes hanging?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I saw it this morning. It's... Ooh, oh, look. Yes. Oh, gosh. You'll like this. Ooh, Try that. There. Are you eating it? Do you like it? Mm-hmm. What does it taste like? Mm. A bit like lime. Lime, lime. Oh, right. excellent. Yeah.
1: You make your oh, sour.
0: Yeah, it is sour. This is lemon sorrel, wild lemon sorrel, specifically because it's wild. You um, know, sorrel. Oh mm. It grows wild in places where we've got a slightly acidic soil. So look, here's mm. another big clump. Oh my goodness, no wonder you were gosh making that face up <laughs> oh. You, well, it's very fresh, isn't fishy it? There, isn't so it? if you're, do you eat fish? Mm-hmm. So mackerel. Yeah. This mm. um, pounded up pestle and mortar, a little bit of salt and pepper as a mm. pesto on the side. I that. Oh, or you make. can also make this into a sorbet mm, or yeah. an ice cream. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. So no many flavours. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, it's good, isn't it? That's it is good. So this is called greater plantain. Yeah,
1: and it's can, can it's you eat it?
0: This. You can, but you're not going to. What I'm going to show you is something else.
1: Ooh. Just, Ooh, it ma- it's making your hands faster, green. Yes, yeah, isn't practice. it?
0: Now then, really wow. green oh and really gosh. squadgy. Really <laughs> wet. Now then, can I teach you how to smell? Yeah. OK, if I want to smell a plant, I cup it in my hands like this, and I go <gasps> I smell really hard and really fast. Uh, okay. So you're getting the fastest message to your brain. Excellent. Well does, well done. does it smell was of anything sweet. similar? It's more familiar. Spinach. I would say mushroom. Does it smell? Mushroom. mushroom. Okay, like yeah.
1: mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Do you, what do you think? Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you wanted to use this mushroomy flavour, yeah. Yeah. all you need to do is wash the leaves and mm. pop them on the top of your risotto at mm. the end of the cooking time and let it, oh, let it infuse. Okay. Also, you see my hands have gone a lovely shade of... Yes. Grassy so it's green. <laughs> <That is. laughs> it's not the dye content of it that's, in, that's interesting with this. It's um, that it's used in quite a lot of hand creams. Oh, okay. So the thing which is oh, a weed key. is to be found in lots of um,
1: really quite beads. expensive,
0: yeah. posh stuff.
1: Right, right. moisturizing well, it because it's moisturising? It's...
0: it's very moisturising. It's also the best thing ever that I've found anyway against insect stings and bites. Oh. Oh. Absolutely phenomenal. Oh, My really? partner had... Um, He had a horsefly bite this bit of his neck, a really tender bit, just, you know, just by your throat. Yeah. And I made a poultice of this and made him hold it on, and it took about 10 minutes. Yeah. And when he removed it, all the incipient swelling. You know yeah. what a horsefly bite is like. Yes, really. um, it is. had all just gone down. This has been used since time immemorial yeah. for that. And also, greater plantain is one of those plants that we know went all the way from Europe mm. to the Americas mm. on the soles of the boots and the trouser turnips oh. of the setters. Oh, um, so again, this, this
1: plant has carried its story oh. all yeah. around the world very distinctively. Thinking of your evening meal for Sunday, for example. Yeah. Would you deliberately go out and try to find something in particular? I always eat you... something that I've is found. It... Yeah, oh,
0: okay. We always yeah. have something that we've found on the table. Yeah. And we are on occasion to a pop-up restaurant called A Thousand Footsteps where all the ingredients have to come from within A Thousand oh, wow. Footsteps. I ah, a lovely idea. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Works better in the mushroom season. Yes. <laughs> I have to it's say, say awesome but it's stuff. kind of... It, for me, it just makes me happy going out and picking something. You know, I grew a lot of stuff in the garden as well. Yeah. But I love seeing the wild stuff because it's part of yeah. it's part of my story as a human being. Um, And I like to keep in touch with all that. And we can continue, that story continues, doesn't it? Absolutely. With every step and every mouthful. And I think it's brilliant that there's a resurgence (laughs) (laughs) in interest about foraging because that part of that bigger picture (laughs) is us doing that, reaching out to nature and wanting to meet it at least halfway.
1: Thank you for listening to the second and final instalment of BBC Countryfile magazine's podcast with foraging hero and author Adele Nozida. For more information on Adele's workshops, go to brickandbeaconsforaging.com. For articles on foraging, including month-by-month foraging guides, go to countryfile.com. Do let us know what you thought of the podcast or just get in touch if you have podcast ideas for us. Email editor at countryfile.com dot com.